to quote John Wick, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Corbin Burns getting it done the fifth time in his career that he goes eight scoreless innings. Surprise, Craig Council didn't pull him. Uh, but Craig Council also became the longest tenured uh, Brewers manager with all of his games uh, under his belt last night as the Brewers get a win 7-1 to one, and the bats come alive in the seventh inning and then they really pile on the Arizona Diamondbacks. A hell of a game, a hell of a bounce back for the crew who got shut out the night before. Rowdy, Corbin Burns, eight innings, eight Ks, zero earned runs. How's it feel? Well, you said something there earlier about Craig Council not pulling him. <laughs> Well, he had an opportunity for a shutout, and yeah. he was absolutely rolling, and he didn't even have 90 pitches, and he did pull him in the ninth inning. 89 pitches for Corbin Burns, uh, who dropped his ERA, by the way, from, what was it what was it coming into this game? It was, was it? over nine. Yeah, No, it's 5.19. <laughs> Corbin Burns, eight innings, eight strikeouts, three hits. Craig Council said it was probably the best start of Brandon Woodruff, or I'm sorry, Corbin Burns' career. Also, Brandon Woodruff uh, on the IL with uh, shoulder inflammation, 15-day. <laughs> there's the good and the bad. Corbin Burns dealing and Brandon Woodruff going on the IL. Uh, how about the game last night, Rouds? That was, uh, they broke it open in the seventh. Willie Adamas uh, getting things rolling with the uh, the dinger. And then Mike Brasoas crushing it well. Roddy Telez in the eighth. Oofta. Yeah, better late than never for the offenses. Obviously, they, they did wake up late, but I think the focus more or less has to be on Car- uh, Corbin Burns because Corbin Burns finally looked like the Corbin Burns of the last few seasons. Finally looked sharp, command on point. Everything was on for Corbin Burns. That was an A game from Corbin Burns last night. Yeah, after two mediocre starts uh, for the 2021 Cy Young Award winner, the righty uh, dominated up on the mound. Yeah, only 89 pitches too. Uh, Burns said after the game, it's not about, uh, it's about not hitting the panic button. Very easy to start to panic, start looking at things and dig into something that's not there. He said, so for him, he took a brief look at the mechanics and took a brief look at the movement and everything was there. So he got up there and became aggressive. So do you think April 11th last night was the start for Corbin Burns. Third one of the season for the Brewers ace and and number one in the rotation. Do you think he silenced the critics who were out there after the first start or two saying he was throwing the season because Um, he was mad with the front office? I hope so. One of one of the critics, our guy, the king on Twitch, still calling him a bum. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) I think it's uh, the king's form of trolling. Uh, but let's see here. Uh, a couple of reaction already on Twitch. Speaking of King and our guy, Jet. What's up, Jet? He was the Woody injury definitely made Council pull Burns. King also saying uh, Council already has one ace on the aisle, doesn't need another one. Hence why he didn't get to pitch into the ninth inning, Rowdy. Oh, man. His game. Uh, we're going to have to talk about the Brandon Woodruff situation with the Milwaukee Brewers. And not only Brandon Woodruff, but their uh, their starting pitching situation moving forward today. Uh, who who came in replaced? Jansen Junk? Jansen Junk. Jansen Junk in replace for Brandon Woodruff. Uh, he was one of the prospects slash... Uh, he had been up and down from Major League Baseball with the Angels in the Hunter Renfro deal this winter. Perfect name for a pitcher. Uh, maybe, maybe not, depending on how, if he's good or no, not. It depends. If he's good, he's, he's got junk. some nasty junk. If he's, he's bad, he is junk. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a double-edged sword of that name, Jansen Junk. Uh, Brewers, though, end up scoring five runs in the seventh. Willie Adamas, uh, Mike Brousseau's two-out, two-run double off of Castro. After Willie Adamas, you got Rowdy Telez in the eighth. Brousseau had another shot in the ninth. Uh, dude, how about Mike? 
Uh, Mike Purcell paced the offense with three RBIs uh, and some dingers. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah, it was nice to see Mike Brasso get a little playing time there and, and come through with some run production because that was a guy that was arguably the hottest Milwaukee Brewer bat coming out of spring training. And obviously he had to take a little bit of a back seat just because, uh, you know, spring training, everybody gets to play. And Mike Brasso, even going into last season when the Brewers acquired him, uh, we knew he was going to be a utility player. We was going to play all over, and he was going to play sparingly whenever you know they needed him. Yeah, same same exact deal here this year. Utility player can play pretty much anywhere on the field, and came in and had a big night. Yeah, it's crushing. Um, cool to see. I mean, were you getting a little worried as the game um, progressed? Because there's an I mean, no hitters were going. Did, it it did feel like Corbin Burns was uh, of course going to throw a dandy. And then the offense wasn't going to score, but those fortunes were reversed late. But how about just in general, if you watch that game, you see the good and the bad with the young players, Yeah, like the good. How about the ball that got ricocheted off of Corbin Burns where it goes to Terang? He picks it up, tags a guy running to second, and then throws to first for a double play. Like, that's that's a hell of a play. That's that's something where Bryce Terang is a, a good fielder, above average fielder uh, profile-wise. Mm-hmm. He makes a play. And then how about uh, another good thing from, we'll just say, Joey Weimer early in the game, uh, first few innings. He steals second base. And that's a guy that out of Terang Mitchell, Weimer's probably the closest thing ceiling wise to a five tool player steals second base, but then he tries to steal third base. <laughs> what are you doing? You got, you got greedy rowdy. You like pumped up in that situation. Everybody knows if you've played baseball, even at much lower levels, Dude, why are you trying to steal third in that situation with two outs? Like, if you go, you better make it. And, and he, he got thrown out at third base to end not, the inning. Man, he did not. Um, but make that's it. the good with the bad, and that's what we're going to see with a lot of these young players for not only the first half of the season, but probably the entire year. Yeah. We're going to see great plays, and then we're going to see the are you kidding me type plays. Yeah, Thankfully right now, the great plays uh, outweigh the, are you kidding me plays brewers eight and three uh, on the year. And then, um, uh, well, how about this? The, are you kidding me? Or the left your head scratch and kind of thing. Uh, worst brewers fan just hit me up six K's for Yelich in the series so far. Great leadoff, man. Bad him ninth. End of story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I know you don't like talking about this, but I want to bring it up because I thought it was funny. Fantasy so baseball. Fantasy baseball. We had our draft super late. It is April 12th. And if you were scouring the waiver wire in our fantasy baseball league, Christian Yelich was just released. <laughs> See, that's funny in fantasy baseball, Rowdy. I don't want to hear about like Z and the D or Ben or, or like about how someone didn't score points for your team. That's funny that Yelly was released. Yelly is on waivers in our league currently. So, um, See, that's funny for fantasy baseball talk. But isn't that crazy? Who, If you would have told a Brewer fan in 2019, September 1st, 2019, about a week before he fouls that uh, ball off his kneecap and everything has went south for Christian Yelich since then, if you would have told a Brewer fan, hey, in 2023 when Christian Yelich is like 31, he's not even going to be on some fantasy baseball roster. Yeah, you could pick this guy up off wires if you want. Yeah, right. No way, dude. Yelly is like a first pit, man. And what would that be the equivalent of? Like, Would that be like dropping, like, like telling someone that Patrick Mahomes is going to be out there in the waiver wire for you to pick up? I mean, at that point, yeah, pretty close. Yeah, like going up the, after the MVP season. 
That's just insane. That, see, that's a good fantasy baseball story. When I have to hear about minor league fantasy baseball, if I should keep them in the... That's too far. Yeah, that's that's just... No one cares about that. No offense to you. All right, so also, I'll look into this. Craig Council, yeah? <laughs> now, to that point, I'm trying to get him off waivers. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> just just in case he gets hot? Yeah. I thought just he was back. Just in case he gets hot and... Because I have a weaker outfield. <laughs> I thought he was back after his home run over the weekend. Oh, oh he's always back after one big hit. That's subject to change That's uh, what every day. Yeah. But if Christian Yelich could just get back to being a doubles hitter, a borderline all-star, kind of like what he was before he got to Milwaukee, that would significantly boost this Milwaukee Brewers team. I think that's something else we need to talk about. I don't about. think it's happening anymore. Well, again, well, we'll talk about it. But We need to talk about Christian Yelich and the future. That's one thing I want to touch on today. And the other is the current uh, starting pitching situation oh, yeah, with course. Woodruff going on the IL with a shoulder We'll get to all that. Uh, Those are the two big things that uh, Brewer fans are probably going to be um, quite con- interested or concerned with. We are both. We'll get into all that. I mean, we're here till 10 o'clock today. Recapping the nice little win last night is uh, I wanted to get to counsel as well on his thoughts on and, and sayings on Corbin Burns. As it's, it's nice to talk about Burns having a huge start under his belt. Uh, again, here, here's some comments from Craig talking about this is the best performance you've seen from Corbin Burns. I mean, yeah, that was, that's as good a start as Corbin's had in the big leagues. So, um, I mean, I've I thought he was just awesome tonight. I thought, um, you know, just from really like the f- first sequence of the game, the first uh, inning of the game, um, you know, he, he, it was locked in. Um, and, he, and he carried it uh, through eight strong innings. So great performance tonight. Um, what, what do you expect from Corbin? Do you think he should have finished the game? Especially with Brandon Woodruff being placed on the I.L.? So I actually got a, a message last night. And the message was, Council must be listening to your show with Burns being allowed to pitch this deep. This was in the eighth inning. (laughs) And now, granted, Corbin Burns' pitch count was way down. I mean, he was super efficient and and looked phenomenal. And then uh, the second message was, only chance the Brewers have to retain this guy is to let him try to finish this game. (laughs) Keep him happy. (laughs) And... I texted back and said, they'll pull him just to F with him. And he got pulled that they about pulled him. 10 minutes later. Uh, I don't, could you like tell by any body language or anything? Like, I don't, I don't think he seemed any upset or anything. No, I think the writing was on the wall, especially with Brandon Woodruff being placed on the IL yeah. and losing one of your big guns. Do you want to push it when you have a, a decent sized lead in the ninth inning? And even though your pitch count is still well within range to uh, easily finish in that game, 89 pitches. Ready. I get where they're overly cautious, but sometimes it's like, we know that they're overly cautious when they don't have to be Yeah, like, look at, look at the postseason and 2021 when they told us, Oh, we're saving Burns and Woody and Peralta for the postseason," And then they're taking, would he, uh, Freddie Peralta out in like the fourth inning? <laughs> yeah, how'd that work out for him? And it, it didn't it, work. It didn't. It did not actually. That entire series didn't work. Yeah. Uh, that entire series, remember, Brewer fans, was too rowdy to let swings for the offense. Yeah, that was it. Where were we for the first game? We were at uh, Church Key. Church Key. If I remember correctly, our guy Armando opened up early for us, and we watched a little, uh, a little Brewers. Oh, with by the way, Armando. That was when I had some. In public, some very choice words for Jock Peterson. 
Because remember, he had the big home run that uh, took the lead. Yeah, I don't think can you can't repeat it. No, I can't can repeat you? it. But uh, Jock Peterson oh, once was, again was it about not specifically Jock? Oh, it, it has to do with him. But was it about his family. But he once again burned me last night. Oh, Jock Peterson plays baseball to burn me. Oh, is it for the uh, Razor's Edge? Yes, yeah. that, I think that's strictly why he plays baseball. <laughs> Did you have some more? He's never met me. He's never met me before, but he plays the game to burn me every time. Did you uh, have some more words from to the TV? No, set? I just turned it off. <laughs> to turn it off, went to bed, and went and stewed in it a little bit. Yeah, all right. Brewers uh, going for the rubber match today. So Brewers, and you don't have to stay up till eight forty for this one. Uh, just two forty, two forty p.m. Broadcast starts at two o five. So two forty Diamondbacks rubber match before they uh, go to San Diego. To take on the fathers. I will Padres. say this, though, because uh, I, like I said, the last couple of years, you know that I track the Brewers West Coast game. So I know exactly when they are. Oh, yeah. Just because, you know, got to get your sleep schedule right. Maybe because we finally get to take days or have some time off once we get past football season. Maybe I sneak a day after a late night game off just to, to stay in and rest. Maybe. Well, I told you seven out of their 10 this year are in the first month or so of yep. the season. Not quite as bad when you have these uh, pitch clock games. How where long was the game last night? Last night, I think it was a, was it a little after 11 the game it, got over. Yeah, yeah. So, again, it, it was about a, a two and a half. It was about a two and a half hour game. Yeah. Maybe not even quite two and a half hours. But, yeah, the other one was about 210, 215. Yeah, it was 212 on the dot. So, yeah, these games have been getting over about at 11 o'clock when starting at 840. So not nice. nearly as bad as, like, I remember days in the past where they were playing, like, the Padres and the game would get over at, like, 110 in the morning. Well, <laughs> well, last night it was, you know, 0-0 going into the seventh inning. I was like, oh, God, are we going to do extra innings here? Is this going to go late? And then Brewers busted it wide open. So uh, overall, I will say I'm still not a huge fan of the sped-up speed clock. Uh, you know, I, I feel like you could have made it 30 seconds seconds and giving guys more time and it still would have been effective maybe not quite to the same level but let's just say i'm okay with that rule when it's brewers on the west coast i like maybe maybe that's the new rule for baseball you can have the pitch clock on the west coast i like a refreshed rowdy i'm glad that the brewers i love the pitch clock not only does it make it easier for me also on the west coast you get to go to bed earlier rowdy therefore the day after the morning after, like today, you're a little more refreshed. I, I enjoy a refreshed rowdy as opposed to the yawn and tired rowdy. That's why I like the pitch clock now, especially West Coast baseball. And you're not done yet. I mean, we get Padres into the weekend, though, so that's a little different. Yeah, and once we get past the first week of May, the only other late-night series there is is in August with the Dodgers. And that's when we're starting to even get close into Badger season. Yeah, they got yeah football, baby. Speaking of football, by the way, their uh, eighth practice yesterday for Wisconsin football. They're releasing a lot of hype stuff. Now Zach Heilprin has his uh, podcast, The Camp, which predates the Badgers. Wisconsin has their own little video series called The Camp. Zach's, Ooh, Zach's was first. Ooh, yeah. is there some copyright things here, dude? Zach's you have was, to get our legal people involved. Zach's was first. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I'm just saying so. I don't know how that works, but do we do we dare as Midwest family? Do we dare tell the University of Wisconsin Madison and the Badger football program in general to cease and desist? We might have to. <laughs> we might have to. I, I know it was a little Zach's like, "Hey, what you gonna do?" I'm like, "We'll we'll stick the lawyers on it. We have a lawyer on retainer. 
Why not use them, right, Rowdy? I, I mean, they're there. They're, they're, get, they're getting paid. They're on retainer no matter what. They get paid no matter what, so... Might as well have them log some hours. <laughs> and those are expensive hours, expensive minutes. Just reading an email, lawyers will, be- lawyers will bend you over, won't they, Rowdy? Oh, man. <laughs> Got into the wrong career. I know. We'll charge you $110 for Some of those emails minute. we receive... You're like, okay. I wish I got paid to, to read them. Wish I got paid to like literally say nothing. Brewers, 240 today, rubber match, Diamondbacks. Brewers of 1987, 13 in a row. The Rays win again. They're now sitting at 11 wins. Will they tie and or beat the Milwaukee Brewers? They have the Red Sox two more times who stink. Then they go on the road to take on the Toronto Blue Jays. How about the Brewers starting the season for the first four series, having the opportunity to win all four series? Yeah, that's Brewers crushing it, man. Uh, have not yet to lose the series, and they are uh, looking damn good. And we talked about the highs and the lows, Rowdy, of the young cats, the young guys, as what, Joey Weimer trying to steal third after stealing second and getting caught? But there's more highs than there are lows of the young guys. Well, the Milwaukee Brewers currently, with winning the first three series and the potential to win the the fourth series of the series of the season, second best record in major league baseball. The only team, obviously they're not better than is the team that hasn't lost the Tampa Bay Rays. They're 11 and zero. Brewers eight and three Booyah. Braves third best team at eight and four. Freaking love it, dude. Uh, Council yesterday, by the way, became the uh, longest tenured manager. 1,181 for Gregory in a win. That's pretty cool. And he was talking about how uh, Corbin Burns had the best start. One of the best starts of his career as he went eight scoreless for the fifth time. And they did sit him. He could have gone. He had 89 pitches. And they said, oh, don't you have a seat? Have a seat right here. Any any qualms about that, Rowdy? I know Brandon Woodruff went on the IL. We were just talking about that. But any qualms about uh, Craig Council not letting Burnsy see it through? Clearly, it would have been nice to see him throw a shutout because he definitely had his ace stuff last night. The command was on point. All of his his pitches were on point. He was really, really sharp. He looked like peak... Corbin Burns, Cy Young. I think it was Craig Council that said it might have been the best they've ever seen out of Corbin Burns last night. And that's saying something since, uh, I mean, he was in the top five or should have been in the top five in 2020 if he would have recorded one more out and then won and was in the top five again. So that's saying something. But how about uh, from the flip side of the Brewers and the Rays? How about a couple of teams that are just not off to a good start? Cardinals? Oh, yeah, they're not looking seven. good. Not good. Or in the American League, how about the Mariners being four and eight? Yeah. Oof. Mm. Those are two playoff teams that were expected to be some pretty good teams that, you know, playoff contenders. Not starting out well. And, and, you know, when we were talking about the Cardinals last week, I said, well, you know, the Cardinals, they had to play Toronto. They had to play Milwaukee. They had to play the Mets. Like, those were all seen as good teams. Well, now they're playing the Rockies, and they're still struggling. <laughs> it's not looking good. But that's even better for the Brewers. Yep. Put as much ground as you can now between yourself and the Cardinals because what do we know about the Cardinals? They're always hanging around. They always hanging find around. a way to be there in the end. Who had the Pirates at 7-4, and four, by the way, to start the season? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> the Pirates 7-4. and four. Oof. All right, our guy Mike Jocks. Jocko, NBC15, he's coming up. We'll talk with him. And yes, King, we know it's only April, but we the life baseball season, much like that life, is a journey. The ebbs and flows. When do we think the Pirates fall off? Today. 
by mid-May. Mid-May. We talked about this yesterday a bit. Now, you know, bringing the conversation back into today. Would Craig Council get as long of a leash or would he be able to get to this point if he wasn't a brewer formally in a Wisconsinite? I think fans and Rowdy, we've talked about this like even last year. Fans definitely give you a little more leeway when you are from Wisconsin. Like they, yes. you're like you're their son. Ah, yeah. Do you agree, Rowdy, with that? Yeah, I mean, look at look at some of the other Wisconsin coaches, like in in football. Like Paul Chris was a Wisconsin guy, mm-hmm. or Greg Gard is a Wisconsin guy. Hell yeah! Like Top people, Wisconsin. people like their. Wisconsin guys that are ahead of their Wisconsin team. Homebred, baby. Right, right here in the in the state borders. And now my reasoning for saying that, you know, I think Craig Council would have relatively the same support is because you look at what Craig Council has done in baseball. Craig Council played for, you know, 15 plus years. Craig Council was a guy that was instrumental on two World Series teams. He's got two World Series rings. He had arguably huge hits and scored runs in those games that helped win the deciding games in those World Series. Mm-hmm. Craig Council is seen, you know, uh, on the Major League Baseball uh side of things as like the guy that bridges the gap between analytics and old school, right? Yeah. Where the, he's a player's manager. He looks at things from like a, a huge, uh, bird's eye view. Like he never, he never gets too high. never gets too low. He's always calm, collected and, and, and taking everything in. He he's kind of seen as one of those guys that, you know, is, is a better manager in the sport of baseball. I, I still think, he would be relatively seen and, and fair the same way as, as he would if he wasn't from Wisconsin because of all those accolades, because of what his peers say around the sport, and because of what he did in the sport when he played. Like now, You would still covet him as a manager, would you not, if yeah. he grew up in, we'll say, Chicago suburb? Yeah, I mean, it'd be he, the same type of He's player. the most successful Brewers manager. Um, well, I mean, unless you don't throw in the 82 World Series run, but when there's this... Would and we were talking about this. Did Craig Council ever get an extension, or is he still? He he is. is he still this is his last, this is his last year. Last year, yeah. Isn't that? Don't we find that a little strange? A little bit that he hasn't been given an extension. I do. I think it's more Craig Council. Does he want to do it? So he's a lame duck coach right now. Or maybe he's a, yeah. Maybe he's well. He has, ready to be done. He has children that are getting older. I know one is playing college baseball, and I think the other one is going to be playing college baseball. So he's got kids that are getting older. He's been doing this since 2015. He's been in and around baseball almost his whole life. Maybe this is him saying, hey, maybe I want to take a step back for more family time. Or it's him saying, he wants to go elsewhere. Maybe I don't necessarily have the same, you know, philosophy as the front office. And maybe I just want to break because it is a little, you know, challenging doing this. But I go back to the reason why I think he would be received and not necessarily being a quote-unquote Wisconsin guy and still have that same level of popularity is look at some of the Brewers managers in the past that were really popular. Uh, you look at, what, George Bamberger? The, people still talk about Bambi's Bombers <laughs> from the 80s. Or go to, go, well, they love was, the 80s. And he, was well. a win, and he was a winning manager. Now, he doesn't have as many wins as Craig Council, but he didn't have the same uh, you know length of tenure. Mm-hmm. But people still talk about Bam, Bambi's Bombers. Oh, yeah. Or how about Harvey Keene? Harvey's Wallbangers. Wall go back to the 80s. Harvey Keene had a winning record uh, as a Brewers manager. Had a pretty darn good winning percentage as well actually a better winning percentage 
and the best winning percentage in Brewers manager history. But again, people still talk about those teams. It's not like all of those guys were from Wisconsin. No. Hell, Our you know what? Was. The other thing that played at Wisconsin too. The yeah. other thing that uh, comes to mind is Ken. Maka. Remember, no, Ken. Everyone hated Ken Maka. <laughs> I loved but, him. But He's a great guy. Who took over for Ken Maka? Ron Renicky. Ron Renicky. Some Ronnie. people will still defend Ron Renicky tooth and nail because remember he was the manager of that 2011 team that went to the NLCS yeah. and lost to David Fries and the Cardinals. Now, for my money. I think Ron Renneke was a crappy manager. <laughs> I think he was stacked with ta- that 2011 team was stacked. That was a great oh, yeah, they team. They were totally stacked. They did that in spite of Ron Renneke, and he won a lot of those games and had a winning record as a brewer manager because the roster was so good, not because he was some great manager. There was a big uh, fall after that season. <laughs> and exactly. Gigantic. Because I don't think he was very good, and I don't think he really commanded the clubhouse well, not to the aspect of like a Craig Council or even a Ned Yost. Okay. But but that's the thing. It's like the talent was still great for him. People will still defend Ron Ranke. He's not even a Wisconsin guy. No, no. Let me ask you this on Craig. Council. No, I I like Craig Council. Craig Council. I love the Wisconsin part of it. I love that he played for the Brewers from Wisconsin. Like I love homegrown guys that play for or manage your team. Well, let me ask you this, and this is a, something that we've talked about too in the past. Is Craig Council been tenured long enough? Now he's good at what he does. Our guy J. A. Krebs says you don't stick around this long if you aren't good at your job. He's won since he's been around. Sure, he's wacky when it comes to the pitching, but for the most part, it's effective. Says Krebs, and I agree with Krebs on all that. But we've had this conversation before. Does he has longevity with the Brewers because he is seen as a yes man for the upper management? Is he a puppet? There if have, you will, there have we've been had that conversation. Some MLB before. execs yeah. pulling. He's that, just the the you know that have done interviews that did yeah. say because a lot of a lot of the major league baseball analysts and experts you know they they term him as the the bridge between analytics and old school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other people have strictly said in interviews that Craig Council could be more of a puppet for the front office that wants to do more analytical side of things. Maybe that's why Craig wants to, hasn't signed an extension. Or now I'll, another thing. I mean, we're talking about he's on his last year, whether it's his choice or management's choice. Another reason it could be his choice, all these new rules are really taking away some of the moves we've seen him do. Oh, yes. Where it's like he has that advantage of being an above-average thinker of the game of baseball. Well, there was the, it was like, like the Craig Council rule when they brought in, you have to pitch to three batters three batters. injuries are the end of an inning. Um I mean, that literally was the, the, Brewers the Brewers were one of the top teams to shift yep. in baseball. That's gone now. Um, it, it's just they have implemented multiple rules over the past yeah. five years that have really went against the strategy of the game that Craig Council was pretty good at. Yes, yeah. that hampers a smaller market or even the teams that want to play more money ball where you get one, two or three players to do a role instead of paying one really good guy to do that same role mm-hmm. where you can kind of. I guess supplement that one great player with three different guys who all have different types of skills that can kind of together do the same thing. But I I think when you're talking about Craig council, could it be a combination of, Hey, maybe there's some more things I want to do back with my family at the same time. Maybe there is a little bit of difference between Craig council and the front office where maybe he has been kind of a yes man to the analytics, but like the other people that term him as the bridge between analytics and old school, he would like to do more strategic old school type feel moves, but they don't allow him to. And maybe he's just like, well, I'm looking at this brewer, uh, you know, 
winning opportunity here. Winning. This this current window that we have is kind of over after this year. It's going to be a lot different team in 2024, especially if they trade Burns and they trade Adamas and they trade uh, Woodruff. Now, the team still has young core pieces where they should still have some talent, yeah. but it's definitely not going to be the same team next year as it is this year, and you would definitely say this is the last year in their window. Maybe he's just got all of that, and it's just kind of rolling around in his head, and maybe he's the one that's saying, maybe I don't want the extension right now because I want to think about it. Yeah, it's, uh, I do find it bizarre that, like, I don't think, lame duck. I don't think I could see Mark Ananasio yeah. in the front office saying, yeah, we're good, we don't want counsel yeah. anymore. Because if, if he's a yes man for those guys, like, they would have signed him up already. Mm-hmm. And... The fact that they have that extra play of he's a Wisconsin guy, he's yeah. had a winning record, he's been successful. Because if the team does trade away a lot of those players and they do go down and they're not as competitive as they have been since 2018, they can still sell the Craig Council's our manager and we got young up and coming players. All right. Like that's yeah. a point they could still sell. So I don't think this is coming from the front office whatsoever. I think this is more of a Craig Council, I'm not sure yet. Let's see. Yeah. Um. Anyways. The guy's successful at what he does, and it's been awesome to have him, you know, managing the Brewers despite some of our uh, you know, pulling pitchers early, yada, yada, yada. But for the most part, dude's electric. 1,181 games managed for Craig Council. I'll say this, Ebo. A lot of people think I'm a Craig Council detractor. That's the only time that me and Craig Council butt heads on stuff like that is certain pitching changes. Well, let's see that, but other than that, I do think he is a top of the line manager. Obviously, that's like everything though, right? Yeah. You're never going to see eye to eye with everybody even though, you know, both people can be good at what they do in the same sport. They'll never agree on everything. The Brewers pitching staff might be coming down a little bit. Brandon Woodruff on the 15-day IL, shoulder inflammation put on yesterday the corresponding move. It's either good or bad if you're a pitcher. Jansen Junk what a last name. Junk. Rowdy, what does this do to the Brewers' starting rotation? Well, remember how we were talking going into the season, how when you look at this starting pitching rotation, it's much of the same as 2021 and 2022. Now, the difference in 2021 was Corbin Burns won a Cy Young. Woodruff and Peralta were both in the top 10 for voting for Cy Young, and everyone stayed healthy. 2022 it was much of the same team. They even brought in a little bit more depth, but almost everybody got hurt, not named Corbin Burns or spent time on the IL. And it was okay. Well, this starting pitching, we've seen them on the rankings, you know, by all the MLB experts and publications saying it's a top five rotation, Yeah, but that's when it's healthy. Now you look at the current Milwaukee Brewers starting pitching situation You got Brandon Woodruff going on the IL. Now they're saying it is cautionary for the shoulder inflammation. But like our guy Becker said when he called in, you know, this could be two or three starts where it's like, hey, we just want to make sure everything's good here so nothing is prolonged throughout the season. Or it could be something that nags Brandon Woodruff off and on the entire year. You just don't know exactly how bad that inflammation is going to be or how long it's going to last. Yeah. But outside of Brandon Woodruff, because obviously that's a big loss, you have Aaron Ashby, who they were trying to rehab his shoulder with, you know, like kind of some of the the shots that they can give Mm -hmm. instead of having to do shots in rehab instead of surgery. Well, they tried that, and it didn't work, so he had to go under the knife. Now, they think 
He's expect, on a while. Yeah, expectations for Aaron Ashby, who's another guy that you can pencil in in the starting rotation or at least like a long man out of the bullpen. And he has been, you know, after his first couple starts in 2021 was pretty solid. And then in 2022 had some pretty bad luck yeah. when he was pitching. He's now out until at least August at the earliest. Oh, and they're thinking God. August, September might be the time that he comes back if he comes back. And then th- that's just two guys. Yikes. Adrian, uh, Adrian Hauser, he's a guy that had a really good 2021. He had a groin issue that was clearly aggravated in June of last year and didn't really pitch well down the stretch. He's a guy that has spent time both in the rotation and as a bullpen long man and actually has been pretty serviceable for the Brewers. He's still on the aisle. He started the season on the aisle. He aggravated that same groin that he had last year. He's on the aisle. They're thinking he'll be back late April, May, but that's still two, three weeks. And then let's not forget uh, the summer of, of George, oh, the, the summer of Jason, Jason Alexander. Alexander. He's still on the aisle and started the season on the aisle with also shoulder inflammation. Man. And they're not thinking he won't be ready until like June at the at. You know what? That's what they're estimating. That's four guys now that all have starting level ability uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers that are now on the IL. So all of a sudden, you're becoming extremely thin at the starting pitching uh, rotation because, like you said, they brought up Jansen Junk. This is a guy that he was a top twenty prospect for the uh, Los Angeles Angels. He had seen parts of major league seasons the last couple of years with the angels. And he is, he kind of is what he is. He's a younger guy still trying to find his way in major league baseball. You're bringing him up. Your other option would be Ethan small, who we saw last year when they started having some of these injuries. He's another guy that is a, a prospect in the top 30 for the Milwaukee Brewers. He's a guy where we've seen, you know, he gets three or four innings, looks all right, and then it starts to go downhill. He hasn't been very consistent. It's very, very up or down and more towards the down for Ethan Small last year. So you have those two guys that are immediate guys that can come in and, and fill that yeah. the role. as they're, junk. They're both on the 40-man, and they both have experience at the major league level. Obviously, Junk is going to get the first opportunity, and I believe he should – he is, yeah, he's going today. He, he, he's probably the higher ceiling pitcher between him and Small with more experience. But then their only real option on the roster that, that is what it is is Bryce Wilson, who he he was a starter when he was a big prospect for the Braves. Also started some games with the Pirates last year. But do you really want to take Bryce real, uh, Wilson out of his bullpen role where he's pitched really, really well so far for the Brewers? Do you want to mess with the juju of the bullpen, which was a huge question mark, and they've been really good, and, and Wilson's been really good in yeah. his role? I don't know if you do, but those are your three options as of right now unless you just want to bring up another live arm and start to do almost like a a bullpen type day every five days, but then that's going to tax. So the yeah, so you just options hope, are low. You just hope Brandon Woodruff comes back. You know, it's retroactive to I think it was April eighth. If I remember, yeah, April eighth is retroactive to that would cost him two starts. So what he just wasn't recovering as he hoped from his last start uh, with the inflammation. The Brewers opted to go cautious with the NL, uh, IL stint. Excuse me. Uh, the Brewers are hoping it will be a minimum stay. Jansen Junk, the probable pitcher today, and let's see here, Junk Rowdy. I just love the name junk one and two record of 4.74 era innings pitched 24.2 a whip of 1.42 and 21 strikeouts opposite of dre jameson 
uh, this afternoon at 2.40 for the rubber match. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, best case scenario for the Brewers, Woodruff misses two or three starts, and Adrian Hauser is back in two or three starts. So you're hopefully getting Woody and Hauser back by May. Yeah. Fingers and, crossed. And for the Brewers and their starting rotation, yeah, it is fingers crossed. Because like I said, you are you getting you are getting quite thin already, and you're what, on the third week of the season? Yeah. And you already have four starting pitchers on the I.L.? You can't afford too many more. So Junk, you know, his two appearances made for the Sounds this year allowed one run in 10 innings while striking out seven. So Junk, we're going to see if he's throwing some junk today or if he just stinks. But that's kind of the thing with both Jansen Junk and Ethan Small. They've been really good at the in the minor leagues, thus why they're top 30 prospects and, and were guys that were seen as guys that could have some ability at the major league level. But also the problem with both of them is they've been very inconsistent once they've hit the majors. Like they might throw a really good game and then the next game they might give up 10 runs. Yeah. So it's it's inconsistent, inexperienced guys that you're now asking to come up and fill the role of, well, Brandon Woodruff. And clearly he's been the second best starter for the Brewers since 2020. Yeah. And good news for the crew. Uh, last night, Corbin Burns looked like Corbin Burns, uh, the Cy Young Corbin Burns, eight innings, three hits, eight strikeouts. Only 89 pitches as Brewers beat the D-backs. And that's that's a good thing you bring up there with Burns because if Burns can get back to where he was the last few years and all of a sudden you get Cy Young Corbin Burns back, even with Woodruff being out maybe two, three starts or even longer, that's a guy that you know you can hand the ball to and he's going to be a stopper for you. Shut if you, if you are on like a couple game losing streak and it's the last game of a series, you hand that ball to Burns, you know you're going to get a, a big pitching performance. Yeah. But the offense has still been good. The offense is, is still rolling, playing well. The young guys are, are obviously contributing and brought a little bit of life to this team. So as long as that offense can continue to play well, this probably won't be as big of an issue yep. as it as it could be. But that's why they stunk in 2022, because <laughs> the offense wasn't as potent as it has been so far this year. Yeah. And you, you just couldn't get by with the arms that you had. Yep. It was... You just couldn't do it. It was just, yeah. You needed a better offense to to mask the lack of starting pitching due to injury yep. last year. Last night you got a Willie Adamas breaking up the no uh, hit bid in the seventh inning, smashing a solo shot. Uh, Mike Brasso absolutely crushing it. Rowdy Telez with a dinger as well. It was nice to see. All right, phone lines jam pack. Line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, fellas, what's up? Oh, our guy Nick. Not Nick. I was just telling Rowdy I saw you yesterday at the gym. I thought you stepped out yep. of the pool, but no, no, you yeah. just ran eight miles. Yeah, and you were drunk. Oh yeah, like I said, easy run. <laughs> so, yeah, once Adamus hit that home run last night, you knew the game was over. <laughs> they, they scored. Yeah, and Corbin Burns was they, shut down. So, if they score, they win. Um, little trivia for you guys: the year that uh, the Brewers won thirteen in a row, they also proceeded to lose 12 in a row and not make the playoffs <laughs> who won the world series that year well don't look it up i don't look it up i already had it up we were talking we were talking about it off yeah. there like 50 minutes ago <laughs> yeah. go ahead and say I, I, I want you to say it so the winner of the world series that season was your minnesota twins so what do you, Thank you. say it say my yeah. name yeah say my name yeah that was that was the first and, and then another one in, in uh 91 hey, i do so. believe your twins won last night too they did, yeah. It hasn't had, what, seven and four now? Yeah. Brewers oh, and Lopez, uh, Twins. Can't, can't complain about uh, a, a double win day. Um, although it would have been nice to see the Timberwolves beat LaFlop. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I can't stand a guy that crowns himself the GOAT 
Um, in the last game of the regular season, he was seen putting on a crown. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Michael Jordan is the GOAT because he never crowned himself. Hell yeah. Um, you know, Kareem was the GOAT of his time because he never crowned himself. Those guys let the guys around them do it for him. So it's like, I can't stand LeBron. I, I, I'm, I was rooting for the Timberwolves. Yes, I'm a Minnesota fan for a few sports. Basketball, I just watch. I'm not. I'm a Bucks fan. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, who are we rooting for for the Bucks to play with the three teams remaining? Uh, probably the. I don't know if it matters. The Bulls. I'd say. I know they think that the the Heat are quote unquote the best matchup for the Heat would be the Bucks over the Celtics, but I really don't think it matters. Okay. I'm, I'm just looking at. I mean, I'm honestly, I, I did not like the Bucks versus the Hawks, um, just with with Trey Young. Um, I didn't he's like. A, he's kind of annoying. Isn't he, he? he is, but at the same I mean, time, good, I just but... don't. I don't like uh, the, the the matchup, the style. You know, the Bucks could uh, present to him, but in regards to the Raptors, the Bulls, or the Heat, bring any of them on. You got Twin Towers with uh, Lopez and Giannis, and and you know they don't have yeah. enough bigs to, to no. compete. I mean, the first round, the Bucks are just going to tune them up. And Nick, to your point on, on LeBron, I don't think I've yeah. ever done such a one eighty on a player because you heard. I'm about the same way. The high school. I, I love watching him. Yeah. He, he was and, the, he was the chosen one at age twelve, and he lived up yeah. to it. Was an absolute stud at eighteen, and just seemed like you know an all around just this good guy, great basketball player. Then he goes to Miami and was the villain. I loved it. He comes back to Cleveland, sure. finally wins the championship. Yeah, it was awesome. You feel LeBron good for the guy. The but after he won that championship with Cleveland, and he he did all the L.A. stuff. Oh, the whole Lakers stuff. He just stuff became is, so full of himself and just uh, the whole L.A. turnaround. L.A. LeBron is nauseating. And the thing is, he was full of himself before that. It's just that it's gotten to the point where it's been, it's too much. Um, you know, you're, you're accumulating this team. And yes, Miami was an accumulation of a team that, you know, the, the, what, not one, not two, not three, whatever it was. I just didn't, I, I love the fact that he was teaming up with Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was, you know, what he was and uh, Bosch was Bosch. pretty good. But I just feel that he's gone beyond what you know as far as well, he takes on this whole like, like like when Colby died and he's all this like I'm gonna do it for Colby and you like all this it's like it, it became just like beyond a show it was just like a parody of itself it was just kind of annoying the LeBron in Miami was awesome for like drama just because he was the villain and everyone hated the heat, but they were in the NBA finals, what, four years in a row and they won two like it was great drama for the NBA but yeah but post Second stint with Cleveland. Nick? That's how I feel yeah. about him. We, we seen you today at the gym, brother? Uh, yeah. What, yeah. Uh, sure. Are you coming back from a swim this morning already? No, a uh, 25 mile bike ride. Jesus. What, what? I feel like I have to report my workouts to you guys. Well, I'm I mean, trying to make sure I'll... you're staying in shape, in, in, in marathon shape, okay? In Ironman shape. Yes. Well, Someone's going to hold you accountable. I could post all my pictures in the mirror from every workout. I, I don't do. know why you don't. It's not every workout. Okay. I don't know. Why, I don't know why I didn't deadlift the uh, the three sixty five yesterday with Mark and I. Uh, that, I, I I didn't want to take an easy day. <laughs> You're the man, Nick. <laughs> okay, we'll see you later. Hey, Your arms would have broke. Line two. Good morning, Terry from the north. Yeah, Terry. What's up, dude? Before, I don't want to change topics. No, change away, Terry. Change away. Well, first of all, you better get used to LeBron because him and the former thirty-three percent of the Buck owner are going to be the new owners of the of, of the of Las Vegas team as soon as they get a team here within a year or two. 
So LeBron's going to be around for a long time. Well, like Jordan well, is the owner. Terry, well, I mean, we'll, we'll never, LeBron will always be in the news cycle in pop culture because he's, you know, LeBron James. I've, I've, yeah, eventually, guys fade away a little bit, you know. And, yeah, um, we've been missing you, Terry. Face, always, like Jordan. Jordan's the, Jordan will never fade away with his shoes, with his, even though his team sucks, <laughs> you know. But hey, we, well, the reason I called was I like to go to Goodwill every now and then. I look for sports memorabilia. Oh, hell yeah. And I ran across the book. And I believe it was, I have to go back and look again. I think it was from, published in 1945 that said, Say It Ain't So Joe, about Shoeless Joe Jackson. Oh, okay, yeah. And I want to talk about autographs. So I want to ask, first of all, you and Nelson this question. Yeah. If you were to sign your name 10 times, would all 10 look alike? No, probably not. How about you, Nelson? Probably not. No. My, well, I, I, got a sla- I got a sloppy signature there. My my B my B my B and my T look the same. They claim, and I went online and did some studying. They claim only ten people in the world can agree on Sulis Joe's um, actual signature hmm. because he didn't actually sign until after his way after his playing days. But but his book, which could he write? Has it, well, that's the thing, Terry. I don't think he could yeah, write. His wife would sign no, for him because he couldn't read or write. I don't think he could write. Yeah, he could at the end of his life, or at the end of uh, when the book came out. I was very sloppy, but he could. I mean, his wife would teach him and would read to him and stuff like that, according to the book. Um, but see, and, and the reason that I called about this was I went to Warner Park one time, and uh, Ferguson Jenkins, I think at that time, was in his 60s. And um, I got his autograph on him when the Muskies were still here. Hell yeah. And, um, and then a lot of people tried to tell me I wasn't Jenkins. Um, signature. Well, of course, there was sort of days before we had cell phones, or anyway, I did anyway, and no one will believe it. But yet, I was there. He was in front of me, you know. And um, it, and so, getting this stuff authentic isn't it really up to the believer's eyes if it's real or not? I know that there's some places where you can take it and get it looked at and, and you know authorized and signed off on as it being authentic. But a lot of times, if you have like a picture with the guy, then that's clear yeah. evidence. Well, back in them days, we didn't have cell phones like we do today. I mean, everybody, even ten, uh, five-year-olds probably got cell phones today. <laughs> you know, back yeah. when when the Muskies were here, I don't think 10% of the people in Madison had them. Did you have a um, a phone in a bag in your car? No, actually, what I had was like a walkie-talkie. Should have brought your Polaroid. You have a beeper? A pager? <laughs> yeah. You will do a flash. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, a good band <laughs> But I do collect autographs and stuff, and I have a couple. You know, I have Hank Aaron's. You know, I like to – I know it's going to sound kind of weird, but at the guy at the end of his lifetime, I like to buy his stuff because once he passes away, obviously he can't sign anymore. Yeah, well, yeah. And I like to go to card signings and stuff like that, you know. And, totally. But I just don't think uh, that, that famous that Shoeless Joe Jackson book, if you ever get a chance to read it and pick it up, it it really gets into baseball and talks yeah, about the totally. Black Sox. I'll come to your house and take it, fan. and I'll sign one a uh, piece of paper for you, Terry. Pardon me, sir? So I'll come to your house, and I'll take the book, and you're done with it. Then I'll sign a piece of paper for you, so you can have mine. I'll devalue the paper, though. Sounds good. <laughs> Terry, you're the man. We love you, buddy. I love you. Go Cubs. Not Mike. So back in those days, obviously, like 100-plus years ago, that was when contacts weren't a thing. Yeah. So all these guys that get, you know, contacts or corrective surgery for their eyes, they can continue to play longer. Because back then, when you started losing your vision, your SOL, 
He, according to some of the other stuff on Shoeless Joe Jackson, at night, you know what he used to do before he go to bed? He would light a candle and stare into the candle because he believed that that helped with his vision. <laughs> I don't know if it does or not. I've never stared into a candle in a dark room. <laughs> well, I yeah, I mean, you, you wear glasses, Rowdy, in context. Your, yeah, I don't know if it keeps your vision sharp, but uh, that was another thing that he supposedly did. How about for the next week that you light a candle before you go to bed and you stare at it and see if your vision gets any, you know, if you don't need corrective lenses or anything coming Will up. it improve my vision or at least just keep it where it's at? <laughs> or make it worse. <laughs> All right, one more before break. Line three, good morning. Who's this? Mitch and Madison. Mitch, what's up, dude? Dude, that candle thing with Shoeless Joe, that's almost as ridiculous as thinking a government-made shot's going to help save you from a government-made... Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, Mitch. Let's go, yeah. baby. Let's go. Um, you know, uh, uh, the basketball, the play-in games, I consider that the playoffs, obviously. But uh, it, it's crazy because those games were so awesome last night. And at the same time I'm watching that, I'm getting mad because the, the, the difference between just how absolutely terrible the NBA regular season is. No, it's almost meaningless. Like, it's almost one, meaningless yeah, to a degree. It, it really is. And I have, um, I, we have, I have like a group chat with uh, a bunch of buddies, and we, we all you know, like the NBA, and, and a few of them are hardcore NBA fans. And, and this was the first time this year where they're like, it is unwatchable. And we're talking like they, they have every excuse in the book. You know what I mean? They they hang on to the NBA and love it. And when they're the ones that are even saying, man, this is just hard to watch, it's it's not a good product. But then you see the playoffs. Well, it's totally it's crazy awful. when the playoffs happen, even the playing yeah. games. It's like a switch is literally flipped, and it's a whole different game. It's it's right. it's actually like right. they can tell there's meaning behind it, obviously, because yeah. it's the playoffs. But Right. Mitch, I just bring in the fire right away in the phone call. Yes, and Le- LeBron's a Chinese operative. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. He's compromised. He's the Manchurian candidate. All right, Rowdy. David Bakhtiari uh, talking on uh, Bussin' with the Boys podcast, uh, suggesting uh, that Green Bay's mindset with Aaron Rodgers is he believes the trade's going to get done, but... They're going to wait it out, make him put the feet to the fire. And also talking about a rebuild. Let's, uh, let's hear from Bakhtiari, Agent 69. Packers are rebuilding, whether you think so or not. They don't, like, they, could they be good? I don't know. Could they be bad? Probably if you're betting, more people are going to think they're going to be bad than good. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that fair to say? So then they'll be like, well, we're going to suck anyways. We want what we want, and we're not going to bend anyone, so we'll just eat it. Fair. Sell and retire. We'll pay you. We don't care because we're going to, if, if we're going to do it our way, it's going to be on our terms. If not, we're, what are we, like, we're, we're going to be Super Bowl contenders anyway, so we'll eat it. You can hang on the side, pay your money, and then we'll suck anyways. Get the picks. As compared to dealing him but for you something sh- that you shouldn't have, you could potentially look like an idiot to not only president and the board, but everyone else around the league. They get the GM's perspective. Put yourself on the hot seat and then potentially have your job come called to question. So I, I look at all these like ways you can you can deal it. I don't think you'd get that contentious. I do think they'll probably come to an agreement. He'll get traded. They'll get what they want. And then I will probably say whether it was who won. Who won. All right. So Bakhtiari first says the Packers are rebuilding whether you think so or not. People will say, could they be good? I don't know. People are going to think that the Packers are going to be more bad than good, right? That's fair to say. Don't, do you find it a little interesting that he said they, they, they instead of we, we because last I checked, Bakhtiari's still on the team. Well, I think he's talking about the general like consen- the front like, office. I think he's talking about general public, like the consensus of like because I know that there were people that picked it up on Twitter and were like, "Oh, he's he's kind of talking like he's already off the team." 
I think from what when I heard it and read it and yada yada yada, he's talking about the general public, like the perception of you know NFL fans, Packer fans out there, football fans. Um, you know, Bakhtiari though, is he wrong in saying about the rebuild? The Packers are rebuilding, whether you think so or not. The Packers are totally rebuilding. Well, and that's the other thing to this. I would much rather go through two years of a lot of pain then be a middling team for a while where it's like, oh, maybe this year we make the playoffs. Next year we just missed the playoffs. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like get get all of this money off the books so that you can reload with draft picks. You can reload with having salary cap again where you can spend money and go out and you know pay a, a really good player if that's like a missing piece from the young guys that you're already building. Because I think you can easily argue that, yeah, the Packers are rebuilding, but at the same time, they have some really good core pieces. Yeah. Like if they have Rick, yeah, like good Jair pieces. Alexander is a top five corner in the league and he's still young. Uh, they just inked up Elton Jenkins to a long-term deal. He's probably the most versatile offensive lineman. And when healthy is damn good as well, that's a piece for the future. You would imagine <clears throat> that they're probably going to extend Rashawn Gary here sometime. Yes. That's another young piece that was an up and coming player until unfortunately he tore his ACL last year. So they, and Kenny Clark is still going to be that guy. Like it feels like Kenny Clark has been around forever mm-hmm. because he kind of has, but he's not old. Well, he was 20 years old when he came to the Packers. Yeah, remember he had to he miss drink. training camp at first because, because of the classes. UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. Like those are young pieces that are still young and are still is, up and coming players. Is David Bakhtiari still a piece? That's the thing. He's not. No, he's not. Like people, he's he doesn't play. Therefore, he's not good. But when he played, he was pretty darn good. But that's the thing. He doesn't play. You look at his contract this year. If they were to have cut him, they only would have saved like five, six million dollars, and you're paying him twenty one plus million dollars. It wasn't worth it. And when he is on the field, he's good. But he's a guy Rarely that on the field. could very well be cut next year or traded because, you know, in 2024, he's making almost $40.5 million. Remember the that report? is insane. Remember the, the, well, I don't know if it was a report, but it was a rumor that Bach was going to go with Rodgers getting traded to the Jets? Well, look at another guy on that roster, Aaron Jones. He took the pay cut this year, right? Yep, Still yep. in 2024, he's going to be a 30-year-old running back that's going to be making almost $18 million. Mm-hmm. That's a guy that is right up there on the top of your list with Bakhtiari about a guy that could potentially be cut because who's wants to be tied to a 30 year old running back making almost $20 million a year. That's that's who's the last the Vikings and Adrian Peterson. Like that's a huge well, that was, you know, salary cap hit for a player that we all know that running backs by 30 are normally a shell of what they are. Yeah. Uh, people taking offense to David Bakhtiari's comments over it. Literally I'm not like, at all. It's reality. No. Yeah. It's I'm not taking offense to it either. It's it's. It is what it is. Now, Jordan Love could come out and just be gangbusters and be that next dude. I, I, I don't know, but we'll find out. Preston, I think we're going to find out the hard way. Preston Smith is another guy as an aging veteran who's you know on the wrong side of you know 30. He's tied to a lot of money the next few years. He could be a, a guy that potentially gets cut. Same thing with Rasul Douglas after this season or even Devondre Campbell. All those guys, you know, pretty good, solid players, but they're making that amount of money where it's like, eh, this is a lot of money to be tied to on our salary cap, especially for a team that does have young pieces. Like we talk about Quay Walker was pretty solid. You could see him growing now that were there a few plays. Just don't let a trainer get yeah. his way. Were there a few plays he wishes, and I bet Packer fan wishes he could have back? Yeah, I'm sure they could, or we would, but 
they have shown that they have some young pieces, and if they continue to draft well and add to that draft capital, in a year or two, you're going to be able to shed a lot of this salary. You're going to infuse more young talent, and it's going to be a new team, new quarterback. Clay Walker, I like the passion, too. Don't let the trainer get in your way. You just stand up for your guys.